Hello, test it. Am I on? I'm on, I think. Okay, all right. Hold on a second. Let me walk through the conference room, heading to my desk. I am at work. It is Sunday. Things are happening. Um, This is the uh, third attempt at this podcast today. Uh, a, A very small handful of you will remember that... A few weeks ago, I recorded a podcast and uploaded it, and and there was just nothing there. And, you know, I was frustrated, but it is what it is. I re-recorded it. Well, same thing happened today. I recorded a podcast, 42 minutes, great podcast, and I'm not kidding. I really felt like like it was good. I felt like I got my whole – all of my thoughts out about the main topic for today, Brighton Farmer's Market, in really good, intelligent fashion. And, uh, and, and then the app crashed. The app crashed. And then I, I was, you know, ticked off. So I started recording it again. But this time I just had, like, anger in my voice because, you know. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm going to put it down for an hour. And I'm going to come back in an hour. And this, that's what this is now. This is me an hour later. Practicing what I learn in therapy, right? Just put it down for an hour. Come back in an hour. You know, you'll be you'll you'll be more mentally able to handle this. Also, my printer at work wasn't working. Blah blah blah. Anyway, ended up being this. Turns out the app that I record this podcast on, I had like an outdated version or something. I didn't have it set to do automatic updates, so I was using an outdated version, which is why I was running the likelihood of an error. Far too often. So, yes. So, hopefully this fixes it. Uh, I, I really, really – I hope you end up hearing this, <laughs> quite frankly. Oh, it was a great night last night. Big Brothers, Big Sisters Gala, the big night out, we call it. This is a special one to me. I'm on this board and uh, am a former big brother and uh, am the MC of the event. I'm on the gala committee. You know, really, is this is this is the one. I know you hear f- that I, I MC one or two galas, probably – Average maybe about one a month, maybe one or two a month that I MC. There's so many of them in town, different fundraisers and things. And uh, this one's a little more near and dear to my heart because of those reasons. And I actually helped plan this one because, again, I'm on the gala committee. So big night last night. We had a table. My company, Craft Cannery, sponsored a table, which was amazing. Um, got to bring an employee with me. I invited all of them, but it turns out they don't want to hang out with me on a Saturday. So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, either they couldn't come or or they uh, a couple of them are on vacation. Um, the ones who couldn't come, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty likely that they just didn't want to hang out with me, but that's okay. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Um, it was at Oak Hill and Oak Hill is just this elegant, like legendary location to hold an event like that. It's so classy. Um, I got there about two 30 in the afternoon, went through a little dress rehearsal. Then I had to go actually get dressed and they let me use the locker room, the men's locker room. And it's March. So there's nobody in there. You know, it's not golf season. So I got to use the Oak Hill locker room. I had it completely to myself yesterday for a good half hour while I was getting ready. And I was just standing there in that locker room and then in that bathroom just like looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, my God, I am standing in the exact spot where so many golf legends have stood getting ready to go out on that course. It was crazy to have it to myself, too. It was eerie, kind of eerie to be in there by myself. But, um, I mean, it was really a cool experience. I get dressed. The, uh, the, the, the event happens. This event has my – we call it my signature reverse raffle 
if you don't know about a reverse raffle, back in Ohio, this is like the main fundraiser. Most people have reverse raffles. But in Rochester, it's not a really realized concept. And so I brought the reverse raffle idea to Rochester, and I've brought it to a few committees I've been on. Big Brothers Big Sisters was the first one to really embrace it. So we do this reverse raffle all through dinner. We had PGA champion from the year 2003, Sean McKeel, as our guest of honor, and he spoke and gave an amazing speech. Uh, he mentioned that the woman, actually one of the women working there last night, I think her name was Mercedes or Mercedes or something, I don't know. She is actually the same person. Mercedes was there in 2003 when Sean won and was the person who poured his champagne uh, when he got back into the clubhouse after his victory. How about that? He also shared a funny anecdote about that day that he won the PGA Championship in 2003 about how he he won and then you know then you go into just a, an absolute whirlwind of media and everybody wants to talk to you and what he told us was what happens is you, you you don't eat yeah you just you never get a chance to eat so he explained how because he was the winner he had a stretch limo they told him we have a stretch limo to bring you back to your hotel and he was staying at the hyatt downtown so they left oak hill went down east avenue he never had eaten so he ended up going through the wendy's drive-through on East Avenue and Winton Road the night he won the 2003 PGA Championship. How funny of a story is that? I thought that was a great story. Um, rest of the night was great live auction. Uh, we had this guy, Sean Parr, come in from a company called Grandstand. He has a, a syndicated radio show called Backstage Country on like 90 radio stations across the country or something. And he is the voice of many of the different country music television award shows. So like, welcome to the 58th CMA Awards. Like, he's the guy who voices that stuff. So that was cool that he was in as the auctioneer. Very nice guy. Very sweet to work with. Raised a ton of money for the kids. And it was a great night. Really, really fantastic night. I didn't get home until after midnight, though, so I am wiped and obviously have a full day of work today. Uh, it's funny, um, you know, I'm trying to get really far ahead on work this week because I really want next weekend off because on Friday, dun, 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 Friday is my 40th birthday, Friday, March 31st, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Tough. You know, it's always tough. Those big ones are tough. I will say this, and anybody who's known me for years, back to when I was on the radio, knows this. I have always looked at your 40s as your prime decade. To me, it's like your 20s and 30s, you're building something, right? Your 50s and 60s. You know, you're kind of like starting to eyeball the finish line and how am I going to get out here? Your 40s is where you're just in your prime. You're doing it. You know, you're young enough to be innovative. You're old enough to have wisdom. You're just like you're there. And so I'm excited from a professional standpoint for my 40s. From a personal standpoint, you know, I feel old. I have one child. I want more children. And I'm 40. So I'm going to be an old dad. Um, and so, you know, there's that, I mean, look, it, I'm not too afraid of my forties, but I, I, it is, it is jarring a little, you know, it is a little jarring to, to hit that number. So we'll see, we'll see how it all goes. But yeah, so anyway, I'm here at work today and really, really busy week this week. Tuesday's the Western New York food expo. Uh, Wednesday, I want to invite you, you are invited to this, uh, iron smoke distillery 
between 4 and 6 p.m., we're having a launch party for the Guglielmo's Easy Cap lids that I've been out promoting. Uh, if you want to meet the guys who actually invented those lids, they will be there at Iron Smoke in Fairport on Wednesday between 4 and 6 p.m., and I'll be there as well. Then after that, i got to head downtown. They're doing a Whole Foods sort of welcome party for all the vendors who are going to be in the Whole Foods in Brighton. Uh, that's that's after that. That I think that goes from like 6 to 8 p.m., so I'm going to be hopping from party to party. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get to Friday, and I just want to leave here on Friday. I want to leave work on Friday and have a weekend off. That's it. That's the birthday. It's WrestleMania also. If I got to stay up late and watch WrestleMania, that'd be great. You know, that'd be good. Do I order a pizza, have sauce on Sunday? I mean, a couple of those things sound pretty good to me. You know what I'm saying? Sounds like a good birthday weekend. My parents want to come, but I guess they can't come till Sunday. And they want to take me to lunch on Monday of next week. Uh, and, and, I, and, they, where, where? and I said, I'm going to bring them to Rockies. It's like the one place I've never brought them. Rockies, old school red sauce joint, baby. Let's do it. Okay, let's talk about the Brighton Farmers Market. I did have my meeting this week with Brighton Down Supervisor Bill Maley. Great guy. Probably say a couple of things in the next few minutes that he won't enjoy that much. But just know, Bill, at the end of the day, it's all love. I do think you do an overall great job. Uh, just happen to have, you know, a, a gentleman's disagreement with you on this one. But let's uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about the background for anybody who's just hearing about this for the first time. So basically, my company has now been denied five years in a row uh, from the Brighton Farmers Market. I did not complain about it publicly until very recently, just a few weeks ago. In 2019, we were denied because we used a co-packer, didn't make our sauce ourselves. And to me, that makes sense. That's why the Brighton Market is so great. It's why I love it as a customer. That's why me and my family go there every Sunday and spend way too much money. Because of the integrity that that market has. 2020, we had invested at that point in a facility. We were making our sauce ourselves. And uh, we got denied again. This time, COVID. No new vendors, COVID. Again, not a peep out of me, no complaints. 2021 was going to be my year. Right? 2021, I apply. Making my own sauce. Can't imagine why a kid from a a quarter mile away from the Brighton Farmers Farmers Market, making his own sauce, would have any issues getting in, but we were denied. I asked why, and I was told something along the lines of, well, the farmers just don't know where you're getting your ingredients. So I explained, and I've always been very honest about this, we do buy some local ingredients. We also buy, buy some non-local ingredients. We buy thousands, as of today, as of March 26, 2023, I can tell you that this company buys thousands and thousands of pounds of locally grown produce on a weekly basis. Now, percentage-wise, percentage-wise, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds sounds great, and I, and I would venture to guess that might be more than some of the other vendors at the market, which, by the way, this is not about comparing me to the other vendors at the market. I think all of the vendors at the market are phenomenal vendors with great products who absolutely belong to be uh, belong there. So I don't want this to get misconstrued at all because I may mention them a few times, nobody by name at any point, but at the end of the day, I support each and every one of them. My beef here is with the Brighton Farmers Market Management, the, the market manager and the... Uh, I guess ultimately the town supervisor. So um, 
so, you know, we, we use some local ingredients. We use some non-local ingredients. That's true. There's a mix of, of – it depends on the product. Each one probably has a different amount in there. But, uh, it, you know, thousands of pounds has to be more than most of the other vendors. It just has to be. So in terms of, you know, supporting local growers, we do a ton of it. And um, a lot of that produce comes from Intergrow. And as you heard me in my Grow New York pitch – which is available on YouTube. You can type in Craft Cannery Grow New York. I mentioned in that pitch the thousands of pounds of tomatoes that we use that are what's called number three tomatoes. And those are tomatoes that are not, number ones are meant for retail, right? They're beautiful, perfect, red, ripe tomatoes. Number twos generally go to wholesale. And number threes are either undersized or oversized or, or, they are, uh, or they're, they're not shaped correctly or something, uh, but they make great sauce. You know, the insides, they're still great tomatoes. They're just not beautiful, and therefore you can't really sell them in the form of a tomato, but you can boil them down, turn them into sauce, and nobody knows the difference. They still taste exactly the same. So the sustainability thing is there. The thousands of pounds of local uh, produce purchasing, check. The sustainability Check. Employing local people? Check. Only thing I don't have going for me is I'm not a farmer, which I guess brings us to sort of one of the reasons why I was told we're not in the market, and that is uh, that there are apparently different categories of vendors at the market. This was news to me, but we'll come back to that. Uh, in 2022, I was denied again. This year, I, I did get a little ticked off about it. And also in 2022, finally, my wife admitted that something was going on because, you know, my wife is like the last person who's ever going to look at me and tell me that I'm right. <laughs> like, she'll fight me tooth and nail on whether or not I'm right about things. And so I would complain to her in 2020 and 2021. I would say, like, I don't know why they don't let us in this market. And she would always be like, come on, you know, give it a break. Nobody cares. It's not important. You know, nobody has anything against you, Paula. You're being paranoid. Finally, in 2022, we get denied. We go down there first or second week, and there had been like a hot sauce vendor or something who was only going to be able to be there every other week. And in the every other week when they weren't there, it was just a, an empty space. And like a couple other things, you know, happened. Like I, I can walk around that market and have some hunches. Like, I walk around, I have a hunch here and there. I mean, I've been doing procurement. I kind of know what's available to buy locally. And uh, let's put it this way. Hunches aren't facts. Uh, We can't just live our life on hunches, right? But, you know, as far as what the actual, I guess, uh, uh, mission of the market is, I could walk around that market with the market manager and probably point my finger in a few directions and ask a few questions that would make her uncomfortable about the mission. That's all I can really say about that. Uh, so I kind of did that with my wife a little. You know, we would walk through and I would be like, you know, look at that and this is over there and hey, I'm pretty sure that's this and this is that. And on the way home, she goes, Polly. And I assume she's going to say, shut up and give it a rest. And you know what she does? She looks at me and she goes, you're right. And, I, and I've never heard those words out of her mouth before, so I'm shocked. And I go, what are you talking what, – what am I right about? Like at this point, I didn't even know. I had moved on, you know. And she goes, hey, she goes, somebody at the market doesn't like you. There is really no reason that they're telling you no to be in that market. Uh, I don't understand either. And, and I just want you to know that you're not crazy. This does seem like, you know, a bit of an injustice. 
And I don't want to use the word injustice freely, guys. I do understand that we are talking about a farmer's market here. This is not life or death. So when I say injustice, like I'm, I, I understand there are real injustices in this world. So please, in context, please understand that I understand that we're just talking about a little farmer's market here. This is not, in the grand scheme of things, all that big of a deal. I get it. I'm sorry that I'm putting a lot of energy into it and using words like injustice or unfair. I am a very privileged individual, and I am very lucky to have what I have, and I do not think that this is that big of a deal at the end of the day. But here we are spending time and energy on it, so there's got to be something to it, right? And, and what is there to it? I don't know. Passion, right? Drive. I am very passionate. I am very driven, and I'm having a hard time with somebody telling me that I don't fit the description of a, a farmer's market vendor when I am just a kid who started making his grandfather's pasta sauce recipe and continued to invest in himself and risk his entire well-being over and over and over and over again and has built it into something. I'm sorry about that. I don't see how that makes me any different than, than any of those other vendors. I just – I don't. So anyway, uh, the other thing about 2022 is, you know, I notice uh, there's something down there that we actually co-pack for somebody. You can just leave that there. Then the third thing, of course, is this story that I've shared a couple of times about standing in line for a very popular vendor and the woman in front of me asking, hey, where do you source your blank? And if I told you what blank was, it's an ingredient that this particular vendor uses in everything. So it's, it's the thing that they need to create every product they sell. And this vendor responds with the name of a city that is not only not local to this area, it is not even in the United States of America. It's where they source all of their thing, which means when you buy it from this beautiful little local vendor who I have no, no judgment against, I think it's great. They have a great product. But, you know, it's not sourced locally like the whole point is sourced locally right that's the only time i've ever been given a real reason why i'm not in the market is we're not sure you're sourcing enough locally well here's a vendor telling the customer oh the 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 number one ingredient we use in everything yeah we don't source that locally so i got pissed off made myself an appointment last june went and saw brighton town supervisor bill maley we had a wonderful conversation very amicable uh, he made points, I made points, he made counterpoints, I made counterpoints, and uh, and I, I that was more of like an official, in that case I was making sort of an official complaint because I came, it's written into their rules on their website, the Brighton Farmer's Market, that if you like, you know, bring written, like a written complaint with like written evidence that you can, you know, you'll receive a response. Well, I never did receive a response. We spoke in June um, and I never got that response that I was supposed to get. I kind of left it open-ended and I I think it was kind of, honestly, my impression was it was left as they'll let me know. And of course, I just never heard from anybody. So 2023 comes around. Surprise, surprise. We are denied again. And this time I just decide, all right, uh, you know, the, 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 the market manager obviously has just decided it's not going to happen for me. The Brighton Town supervisor is being uh, great. You know, he'll hear me out, but he's not, he's, you know, he's not taking any action here. I'm going to go to the Brighton Town Council. So um, I go to the Brighton Town Council meeting, and uh, this was just about a month ago. 
I think this was in early March of uh, 2023, so just a few weeks ago. And I get in there, and uh, the Brighton Town supervisor pulls me aside and basically asks me not to speak and tells me I, I'd really like it if we can uh, uh, do this just one-on-one. You know, you and I in my office, call me first thing tomorrow morning. We'll set something up. And uh, and I, I do want to uh, just reiterate, I think I mentioned that last week, and a lot of people were like, he can't do that. He can't tell you not to speak. I, I, wa- I want to tell you this. He asked me not to speak. He didn't tell me I couldn't speak. If I insisted on speaking, I would have been allowed to speak. There was no telling me I couldn't speak. Yeah, He had every right to ask me that, and I had every right to say either, yes, I agree, and I will speak to you privately, or no, I don't agree, I'd like to speak. If I had really wanted to, I would have been allowed to. So there was no, I was not stifled or silenced. It's fine. I did have a lot of people reach out to me and say they thought that that was wrong, that I should have been allowed to speak publicly. The only reason I really wanted to go to the town council was because I wanted it on the record because I think I've, I've, you know, spotted something here that I think is unfair. I think there's subjectivity being used and, uh, you know, there's, there's just the ability to sort of color outside the lines that's not clearly defined within their rules. Now they have a rule, rules that were written and, and the Brighton town supervisor is a lawyer by trade. So I'm sure that despite all the rules, there's probably a clause somewhere in there that says something along the lines of, uh, by the way, we can also just do whatever we want. Right, that's like every contract. Like I actually, I had a contract a couple of weeks ago that I was looking into with one of our vendors here at work, uh, where I had signed it, you know, a couple of years ago, and I was just looking at it to because we're we're kind of trying to figure out like, well, when does that one end? We want to renegotiate it, and I was looking at it, and it's so lopsided where they can change almost any part of the agreement they want, and we can't, <laughs> you know. So that's the thing. Like lawyers will always write something into the contract to protect themselves or their clients. So again, I'm sure that no matter what it says on the Brighton Farmers Market contract or or application or bylaws, whatever, I'm sure there's a clause in there that says, despite everything we've just written, we we reserve the right to make any decision we want about anything, which will just, you know, then just covers their ass no matter what they want to do. So, uh, again, I, are they in breach? No, they're not in breach because, again, I'm sure that there's a, a something like that in there so they can just do whatever they want. So when I say subjectivity, it bothers me because um, – it bothers me because, again, I'm a Brighton resident, a Brighton taxpayer, a Brighton voter. This is subsidized by the town of Brighton. I fit every characteristic that they are looking for with one exception. I am not a farmer. But there are plenty of vendors down there that are not farmers. So it is clear that they are making exceptions. And when it comes to the exceptions, it's not clearly defined how they are making their exceptions. So it seems like some people have been handed the right to just straight up use their opinion. And it it strikes me that that might not be an ideal way of doing that because – how do you know that this is what your audience wants? In fact, in fact, at one point I said to the Brighton Town Supervisor, I said, let's put it up to a vote. You know, let's, let's set up a booth and let, let the, the public vote whether or not I should be allowed to be down there. I'll live with it. Let's just take the people that are there, set up a little booth. I won't even man it. We'll have somebody neutral, neutral party. Nobody from my side, nobody from your side. Neutral party mans the booth. 
straight up vote, would you like to see Brighton resident Polly Guglielmo bring his products to this market? Yes or no? I would live with those results. I, I'm I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so um, we chat finally this week. Bill asks me to make this appointment. I make this appointment, and we chat on Monday. And again, very cordial. Uh, Bill, as a guy, he's been a good leader of Brighton. He's made a lot of good decisions. We just happen to have a disagreement here, and it is what it is. Uh, we should be able to, in this world, in, in just disagree with each other from time to time. We cannot possibly always agree with each other, guys. It's okay to disagree with somebody and still have uh, an admiration and respect for them. And so, Bill, if you're listening to this, which I think maybe you are, I still have an admiration for you uh, and a respect for you. I just happen to disagree in this moment. Same with you, Sue. To be honest with you, very much respect and and adore what you've done with that market. Just happen to disagree with this particular decision, and I'm obviously very biased as the victim of the decision. So I I get all that. I I understand. So we have this meeting, and Bill says to me, essentially says to me, these are not direct quotes, essentially says to me that my business is too successful for this market. We're too commercial. Now, if I play devil's advocate, I get what he's saying. I mean, you go to that market and you see a bunch of vendors and uh, many of the like artisanal craft vendors are, you know, people who are doing it as a, as a hobby or a side hustle or something like that. And and I get that. I get that compared to them that because that, here's the thing. Again, with Grow New York, you can look that up. It's public. Our revenue in 2022 is is public knowledge. I'm not going to say it here. But it's not – you can dig that up. You can go on YouTube and look up that presentation, and I do reveal our revenue in that presentation. And so he spits back at me that revenue, and he says, you know, that that would probably be more than all of the vendors combined. To which, of course, I disagreed, and I said, no way. And I go, look at the food trucks. Look at the coffee, like the Javas, right? The the, the farm, uh, the apple farm. What's it? Lagoner Farms or whatever. Like those guys are running killer businesses, and I bet they're doing more revenue than I am. And then he revealed to me that that's a different category. Prepared foods and farmer's market vendors, that's two different categories. Now, I'll be honest with you. I have read through the Brighton Farmer's Market like rules and things. I don't remember if that's in there or not. If it's not, they need to put it in. Because if they are going to consider different standards for different types of vendors, that needs to get in there. But he said that's different. Prepared foods are different. Which basically now lets all the prepared foods off the hook. They don't have to follow the same rules. That's what's being told to me. Okay? So I want that defined in their rules. I think that should be in the rules. It should be, hey, we have, you know, we have four different categories. We have prepared foods. We have farmers. We have artisanal crafters. And then probably fourth would be something like community service or something like that. Right? That should cover pretty much the four categories of vendors that are down there, I think they should write that out and say we have four different categories and here are the the regulations for all four categories. Because I can play devil's advocate for a moment and and put myself in their shoes and say, are you going to walk down a row of artisanal craft vendors and then come to my booth and it's going to look like a supermarket, you know, like, I mean... I get that. I get that you might say, like, hey, that doesn't fit our vibe. We don't like it. 
But again, I, you don't have that covered in your rules. You're just you're just kind of subjectively making that decision. So I don't like it, but I get that that could be the thinking. So he uses the example. He says, what about, you know, let's take, like, it's a slippery slope. We let you in, and then Mott's shows up. What if Mott's applesauce came looking for a booth? I mean, they're local, right? They, they use a, a local produce. I said to him, I go, Bill, if Mott's shows up and wants to do a booth at your farmer's market selling applesauce, I think that would be fantastic. How do you not think that would be awesome? You know, and he laughed a little. and I said, Because I do, I think that would be awesome. First of all, if somebody with the last name Mott shows up, now we're talking, right? My last name's Guglielmo. That's what's on the jar, at least most of them, or a lot of them, right? Guglielmo's pasta sauce. Uh, if the Mott happens to live a quarter mile, or at least in Brighton, or a quarter mile from the market, even better. So it's not an apples to apples. <laughs> See what I did there? It's not an apples to apples comparison to compare us to Mott's. By the way, also, look at Mott's factory and look at my factory and tell me that's an apples to apples comparison. Big difference. But I get what he's saying. He's saying slippery slope. Now all of a sudden Mott's has to come in. Well, first of all, Mott's is not trying to come in. Second of all, if they do, I think they'd be a great vendor. If they are using local apples to make their applesauce, why would that not be on mission for that market. I don't get it. But it turns out part of the mission for the market is that the artisanal craft vendors not be overly commercialized. Because he did then also say to me, you're in supermarkets, man. Right? As if it was a negative thing. To which I responded to him. Again, I was counterpointing him a lot. And I said, okay, if I see any of your vendors in supermarkets, I'm going to expect you to drop them as vendors then, Bill. If that's going to be held against me, got to hold it against everybody. Can't just make up new rules for me. So, you know, there, there's, the, there's the argument that we're too commercial. So he says, why? He says, why do you want to do this market? It can't possibly be a lucrative venture for you. And he's right. Dollars and cents might not be the most lucrative thing we do, right? What are we going to make on a Sunday morning? A couple hundred bucks? Okay. Is that really worth it? The work that goes into that, when you really boil that down and you figure out where is the profit here, is that worth it? But my response to him, again, I feel trumped that objection when I explained to him that my mentor, now business partner, but my mentor, Tom Riggio, taught me very early on that you are not selling sauce, you are building a brand, and there is a difference. And being present at the Brighton Farmer's Market with a couple of thousand high-end shoppers every Sunday is building a brand. Is it selling sauce? I don't know. I think we'd sell a little sauce there, but you know, look, is anyone becoming a zillionaire selling sauce at the Brighton Farmer's Market? Probably not, but we are building a brand. And I explained that to him, and again, I, I feel like it, it was a good answer. So what happens next? I mean, it's it's 99.9% a no. I guess technically, according to their rules, he has 10 days to get back to me. So if I don't hear from him by like Thursday, I'll probably reach back out to him. But, um, but you know, I guess this time I didn't file a formal complaint. I filed a formal complaint last June, but did, never did get the, the response in the 10 days. So I'm, I'm hoping this time I do get the response in the 10 We'll see. Either way, I'll follow up like if it gets to be late in the week. 
And, and you know, the question is, Paulie, what do you do next? You know, are you going to drop this? Are you going to put it on the public record? Well, I would argue I just did, right? I put it in this podcast. Um, I am worried I'm not being classy right now. But, frankly, if you watch me, the the hours and hours and hours and hours of time that I put in to volunteering in my community from sitting on five different not-for-profit boards, from giving up so much time per month to charity events, emceeing charity events, uh, a, a family, raising a family, growing a business. I would argue I have built up some goodwill. Um, I do understand I'm probably hurting some of that goodwill with a couple of people in particular right now but i i gotta just i gotta just risk that because i think i've spotted a problem here and i just i just want to you know i wanted to i want to see it corrected so am i going to go to a town council meeting and get this on the record probably not probably not am i going to keep on applying for this market every year probably not do i think it's right no it's not right so what am i actually going to do i think the end of the story is this i think when i finally hear back from him I'm simply going to write to him and Sue, the, the market manager, and I'm going to say, guys, I respect it. Respect your market. Still going to be a customer. Respect that you don't want us as a vendor. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to change your rules to be more accurate. To make your rules accurate, you need to do this. You need to split it into categories and be clear that a prepared food vendor is different than an artisanal crafter. And honestly, I do think they should run with that idea of like four, right? Community service, farmers, artisanal crafters, and food and uh, prepared foods. I want to see you do that, and I want to see you spell out for each one of the four what are the requirements. And I think as, as a second part of things that I want to see is under artisanal crafters, which is what I would have been, I want to see you put in some verbiage that says that there's a, a revenue cap or a business cap that says we are not interested in vendors who do over X amount of revenue per year or, or some other way to quantify quote unquote success. Because if I'm too successful and that's the reason I can't get in, I want to see that reflected in the rules. I, I need for this to end with me being able to point at a rule and say, that's why we can't get into that market. Now, you might be saying, why do you need that, dude? What do you care? It's just a farmer's market. Listen, I talk about this stuff in therapy. My therapist tells me I'm driven. I'm passionate. I have a really, really, really hard time taking a three count, meaning taking a loss. I'm going to go down swinging, right? I fight for every. I've had to fight for everything. My whole life I've had to fight for everything. Have I had privilege? Yes. No doubt I have had the joy of some privilege in my life. Yes, I have. But that I will stop short of saying I've had everything handed to me. That hasn't happened either. I have worked very hard in my life. And just allowing people to walk all over me is not how I've gotten where I've gotten. So I, I don't let letting these people – I don't like letting these people walk all, all over me. I don't like letting them tell me that I'm not a local guy making my own product with locally produced stuff, uh, locally grown stuff. I don't like that. I I just um, I don't want to stand for it. So I really am going to ask them to make those couple of changes. And if they do, then I you know I think my end of the deal is that I shut up, right? That I just shut up, go away, stop applying to our our freaking market, stop doing podcasts about our freaking market. You know, 
I mean, listen. The the problem with this is that it does have some listeners, and I'm worried this will snowball. Again, it's just a farmer's market. It's not going to snowball that much. Nobody cares at the end of the day. But, you know, now it's public. Now it's out there. All right, last call to action for my faithful listeners, who I am so appreciative of. Did I just shit the bed with this podcast? Because I am very worried about this, and I think you all know this is very out of character for me to kind of you know go after another local something or the other. I do have a lot of respect for this market. Sue and Bill, I think I've said it again, a ton of respect for them. I just disagree with this particular thing, but they do many, many other things that I agree with, and I will carry admiration and respect for them going forward. I just disagree with this thing. I think that's healthy. I hope I didn't shit the bed in general with this podcast. If you think I did, please let me know. As always, my cell phone number is 585-350-5788. Thank you so much for listening.